0: The Teachers College at Emporia State University presents How We Teach This. Welcome to Connecting with OER. I'm Bethany O'Dell and I'm here with my co-host Dr. Joelle Spotswood. In this episode, we are interviewing Dr. Jenny Moss. Welcome, Jenny. Tell us a little about yourself. Hi, I'm Jenny Moss, and I have been at Emporia State since the fall semester of 2019, which means I got here, I had one really normal semester, and COVID hit. That in itself, I'm sure you've heard from people lately, um, that's colored a lot of my OER experience. I am a professor in the psychology department. My area is educational psychology. I'm an assistant professor of psychology, and I'm also the director for the master's program in educational psychology, which is different from school psychology. Um, School psych is preparing people to work in the schools as the school psychologists doing testing and helping with, uh, sometimes helping with therapeutic situations Educational psychology is the idea of studying the psychology that happens in education, of studying the psychology that happens in education. And for myself, I study motivation in education. Uh, Sometimes I look at cost and value and how much do people, are people more willing to do things if they value them or if they feel the perceived cost is worth it. I also mostly study something called self-determination theory, looking at how we have basic psychological needs for autonomy, relatedness, and competence, and um, how that looks in the classroom. Things like, I I look at teachers and pre-service teachers a lot, specifically creating autonomy supportive environments, and how that leads to better outcomes for both the teachers
1: and the students. So Jenny, can you tell me a little bit about what inspired you to decide to use an OER in your classroom? I think part of it
0: goes a little further back than my time here at Emporia State. And that that come to mind first, um, more proximal, is um, I was at Purdue University before, and I worked for the Center for Instructional Excellence. Those of us with PhDs and lots of experience teaching were helping faculty members learn to be better teachers. And so that was extremely cool, And uh, just watching professors who had been there for 20, 30 years get all excited when they learned about Bloom's taxonomy because they'd never heard of it before, stuff like that. So I loved that. And we did talk a lot about OER. And even as a a more of a a broader perspective, um, open access across the board. At Purdue, I got a grant to publish an article in an open access journal. That kind of got me going and kind of in the back of my mind, gee, I always want to try to do that someday. Prior to that and prior to um, grad school I was a special education teacher in the Milwaukee public schools where I worked in the Montessori system. I'm trained as a Montessori teacher and a number of different K-12 certificates, including early childhood special ed. What I love about districts like Milwaukee is that they are for free, providing a high-quality Montessori education to students, and it's generally the schools have a, an enrollment zone within about a mile where there's a little bit of preference, but a lot of them operate on lotteries, and so the the playing field is pretty even for getting into one of these schools, and it's providing something that usually costs a small fortune at a high quality level to people for free. And so if with those experiences knitted together, um, OER to me is obvious, but my first semester here at Emporia State, in both of the classes that I taught, I had students coming to me, is it okay if so-and-so and I share a textbook because they're so expensive I can't afford a textbook. Um, When students were struggling in the class, I would kind of have to insist they come meet with me and I would find out they didn't have a book. And for some of them, I will admit we found one online. I don't want to be in the position of um, assessing the Legality of the copy. It was, you could buy it. I don't know, it looked okay to me. I just wanted them to have a book. But, um, and that copy was $15 as opposed to around a hundred for a paper copy. And I showed this to one student. He said, you know how much money I have for books? This much. And he was in tears. And I just thought, I can't go on like this. And the students that were trying to share books, I can't go on like this. And the students that were trying to share books, we're often missing quizzes because they were open book online. But so we just couldn't, I couldn't go on like this before I knew about the Craig grants that, okay, this is it. I'm gonna make a big study next semester and I'm just gonna go OER. And then I found out about the Craig Grant and I was, I was thrilled. I'm like, oh wow. So there's 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 real support for this year. Um so I was really excited. But these students that
1: just didn't have the money to be able to purchase the books. And they're expensive. I'm understanding that that's inspiring many of us to kind of explore the financial burden that uh, textbooks are imposing on our students is a real barrier. So you recognize the need and you have begun using OER. Can you tell me about your experiences using it? So far, great. I switched books after the first semester. So far than
0: that, a little hiccup for, I'll explain in a minute, but it's been a great experience. I start out the semester telling my students that no matter where you go, you have your book. If you go home for the weekend to see a friend and you forget everything else, you've got your textbook. If, you know, you whatever you're doing, I, I always I, I usually try to plug someplace like Sweet Granada, I'm like, go down to downtown grab a bag of pop chalk and, and, you know, go out and hang out and you've got your book, Um, whatever you need to do. So I try to sell it to them that way. We also start out the semester with jokes about what does OPR stand for? And I have a few pictures of overly excited raccoons. (laughs) So we make some jokes about it, but I, I, I don't harp on it too much. But I want them to know that this is something that we're doing, and it's a choice that I've made, and that I'm—I've made, and that I'm confident in the quality of the material that we're going to use, and that we're saving them a lot of money. I want to be transparent,
1: and I want them to know that this is a choice we've made. That's excellent. Um, I hadn't even—I hadn't heard about that, or hadn't thought about kind of. Not necessarily convincing, but really explaining your intentional choices of Mm -hmm. OER to your students. Um, I suspect that probably helps build a relationship between you and them when they recognize that you care about their financial situation. And I bet you're having some real positive impact with that.
0: And also it helps because I do have a number of students who really would just prefer a paper book. I think this helps them kind of get past that piece because they understand, ah, okay, I get it why there's not a paper book because just, oh, one more thing that's, gone. and I hear a lot of that stuff from students, but when they can see that, well, let's see, we've got an OER book, possibly more up-to-date or $100-ish textbook. Can
1: you tell me a little bit about the OER book you've chosen?
0: Both semesters for that class, I used a book from Lumen Learning. It's just developmental psychology. And um, it's it's interesting because I dug deep into it because we found a couple of errors in the original setup, uh, the one I used in the first semester. But I say that just as a point of reference, (laughs) there are lots of errors in other textbooks. And so that's not a surprise. But we did find a mistake. And... It was easy to correct with the students and so on, but it led me to dig a little deeper. And it was interesting to see that this started out as like a text file put together by some faculty members, and then it kind of morphed into this online, and it kind of morphed into this online curated setup, book thing, PowerPoint. And um, I contacted Lumen to let them know about the error. And then they were nice enough to give me the link to a more updated version. I really like it. It's clear, it's direct. It doesn't include a lot of things we don't need. And the course I teach with this book is developmental psychology for education majors. So I have, I know having been in the classroom and teaching this course now, um, I know what it is they really need from this course in order to go into their teaching career. And so, and for students who change majors, I always remind them you will be teaching somebody, something, somewhere. Um, The experience with the book has been great. The students, I think they like it. I did a survey at the end of this semester to to turn back into the Craig group and um, their response was positive. It's it's streamlined, Um, it's not overwhelmed with lots of extra jargon and information they don't need. And having them buy larger textbook for developmental psych has them buying a book that goes all the way through probably the life course. It's a lifespan psychology books usually, and it'll go from theories, pre-birth, birth to death. And in my class, we really only go to emerging adulthood. And so they are also wasting whatever portion of the money have been spending on that part of the book. So... A lot of great reasons why this is this book has been really good.
1: So, can you tell me, have you had any particular challenges to implementing OER?
0: Um, finding the error in the book was kind of embarrassing. I will I will admit. <laughs> but on the other hand, I, the, the same a similar thing happened with a graph in a book that I do ask students to pay to pay for. So, during this COVID um, time. Uh, one of the biggest things I really wanted to do got completely shut down. Because one of the things I had written into my grant that I was gonna create were um, handouts for students because it's an online book and internet access, not always the best in certain places on campus, especially this last year, I taught in the um, hyper building gym D. But having them bring their book, it's online, I knew that was going to be tricky because, um, you know, with access, you know, that could be, could be difficult. If it's a paper book, I might say, okay, everybody, bring your books on Friday. We're going to use some of the exercises at the end of Chapter 5. I knew that would be hard. So I wanted to have handouts that were reusable, like laminated handouts that we could look at, maybe even write on with a dry erase marker, wipe off and return. Well, all that exchanging of stuff among people became a, so that was one of the things that I really wanted to have. Toward the end of this semester, um, end of spring, I was able to share a few things with them on paper, but like here, take this home with you. As things go forward, and it seems like more of an appropriate thing, I definitely plan on having um, like laminated handouts so we can look at all of the stages in Piaget's theory. Okay, or everybody, you know, gather around three people to a handout. Here's the neuron; you can see it better up close. So I really want to have some of those things for the students so that we can engage more with the material a little closer up. I did make the things that I'm gonna make into laminated handouts and they live on canvas and the students can use them as resources at any time. Got that, but that was one of my biggest bummers was like, I really had the book and I wanted to have this curated set of handouts.
1: So do you think that in kind of our post COVID world, world, um, that that's something that you will try to implement like in the fall? Absolutely, I hope in the fall, if not later on,
0: But, yeah, I think that that would be great, and it would lead to a little more in-class activity. If I could say, okay, you and a partner, take one of the handouts, and we're going to look at the language, what the stages of language, fill it in, and then we'll listen and talk, and and then you can see if you were right or not. So it'll give me more opportunities for the class to be more interactive,
1: and more of that we get going, um, the sooner the better. (laughs) true. So, since you have implemented OER in your classroom, do you allow students to have laptops and tablets or can they all use their phones or Um, how do they access your text during class time? Especially in a large room like
0: the gym where literally they had the chairs spread out across a basketball floor. I just had to say that it's just not a hill I was going to die on at this point. There's been research and then there's been research about whether taking notes by hand is better because they're going to be teachers. It's a teachable moment. I, I talk to them about how taking notes by hand will allow you to chunk the material, which gets it into your long-term memory better. So I, I try to present the points, but I also have students taking notes on their phone. And you know I, I circulate around the room and I'll look over, and if somebody puts their phone away, then I'm like, oh, you weren't really taking notes. <laughs> but for the most part, they just keep going. And I look over and like, oh yeah, they're taking notes on their phone. So phones and tablets, and sometimes students use paper handouts. Um, I make the PowerPoints available ahead of time, and I always have. So some students will download those and make notes on those. A lot of different ways to allow them to access the material. I'm a big fan of universal design for learning, and that's that's a whole other podcast. But the idea that
1: I want to provide multiple points of access for the students. And I'm glad that you kind of, it's the different research because I also have seen exactly. the hand, handwriting, oh, first, the typing. Yes. And, and
0: yeah, well, when you type, you do try to capture everything the person says. And that's just where you're almost being a conduit for the computer. But when you're handwriting, you can't possibly write this fast. So you have to chunk it. Now, again, there's conflicting
1: research about what's better. So finally, if you had advice for someone who was thinking about OER, um, but wasn't really sure, what might you tell that person? The first thing I would want them to do is to really deeply examine the physical textbook they're using.
0: Because there are times when that book is so good that it's worth keeping. And so I know there's a lot of universities that are trying to go full OER and, or maybe I think uh, some of the OER and, or maybe I think uh, some of the books I've looked at came from um, university, at British Columbia. And in British Columbia, they made a plan that across the whole province, one in 200 level courses all had to use OER books. And so, and that's great. And actually I use a couple chapters of one of those for another class, but there are some times when there's a good book that's worth it. And if you're going to keep having the students pay for the book, really work hard to make sure that it's um, worth it to the students and that you're really, you know, using the whole book and that it's a resource maybe that they want to keep for later. Um, That's my, the class I teach for the more advanced secondary ed teachers. Or teacher candidates is for my Ed site class, and that book is amazing. And the students tell me how much they like it. It has an appendix. They get a lot of value for the money. But in so many cases, it's just the default to order a book. Oh yeah, well we need a book for that. Let's get a book for that. Do we need? A, is it? Is the book? Is the publisher's book that much better? And and usually the again for this developmental site class, the answer was very easily known. I and mean, I honestly didn't like the what we were using anyway. And so <laughs> changing it, I, there was a lot of reasons to change, but I'll admit that was one of them. So I feel like that would be a big piece of advice to really know what you're changing, why you want to change it. Um, the other one is to then, then think about the cost. Um, because I have it depends, 80 to 90 students each semester in my developmental site class. And so that's that's a lot of money that we're saving every semester for all of those students. semester for all of those students, that's what, eight to $9,000 a semester. And so, you know, it's, yeah, I mean, when you think about it that way, it's, wow, oh man, that, that, that's, that's a lot of money. And so, I take that responsibility seriously to um, reduce some of that burden
1: for students. Dr. Jenny Moss, we appreciate you coming to visit us.
0: Thank you so much for having me. This was great. I love to talk about this. Uh, our experience has been great. In fact, another course we're developing for the psych department, we're using another um, OER textbook put out by NOVA Psychology. And we're really excited about that one too. So. I think once you have a good experience with this, um, it's easy to see, wow, I can do that again. Hi, it's Bethany, and I just want to give a huge thank you to Dr. Jenny Moss and Dr. Joelle Spotswood for their conversation in this podcast. Jenny shares a lot of great ideas for how to make adjustments to OER materials. We also want to thank you, yeah, you, for taking time out of your busy schedule to listen to our podcast.